2: It's real, and this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper, talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob.
3: Thank you very much. It has been a long time. We appreciate you sticking in with us and listening every week here on Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. He's Bob Casper. Hit us up on Twitter, at Real Golf. Find us where your favorite podcasts are found, or Sirius XM 203, iHeartRadio, on the GNN Radio Network, sports byline as well, and the radio station's picking us up, including our flagship station, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. So good to be with you. We have a lot to talk about today. The PGA Tour has been in front of Senate hearings. The women's wrapped up the... Uh, Probably one of the greatest venues that they've had for a U.S. Women's Open last week at Pebble Beach. We'll talk about that. Next week, it is the Open Championship. So we've got major championship talk to to get through. We've also got, of course, those Senate hearings and players' reaction to all of that. And just a little bit about, hey, golf is hard. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the players out there, including our good friend Troy Merritt, who's uh, made it into the field in Scotland and that decision, as well as a great story brewing in Peter Quest, a former BYU golfer, and we saw a little bit of him around here in the state of Utah and what he's doing to get temporary membership. So we'll get into all of that, Bob. Whew, take a breath. Here we go. A final. This is coming up the final major championship of the year. Exactly. Right? Because of the change yeah. in the schedule, we used to be sort of just uh, t- you know three-fourths of the way. We're all the way. Next week is it for majors until uh-huh. April of 2024.
4: Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, one of the things that's really cool about being able to go across the pond and play in the Open Championship or the British Open, as we call it, um, is the week before when you get to see the Scottish Open, a lot of the guys end up going there. You know, you get the Schefflers and the Spies and the JTs and the Xander Shoffleys and all the big names in professional golf, Rory McElroy, are all there um, warming up and getting ready to be able to tee it up at the Open Championship.
3: you got to give the Scottish Open some credit. It was sort of an afterthought or uh, maybe also ran, and now it has become the warm-up for the Open Championship. As you mentioned, a stellar field. Go over, get as in JT, Ricky, Rory, they all got there a little bit early. Um, Spieth, and hit up Wimbledon. Took took some of that in. Got acclimated, playing the Scottish, getting ready for the British. All should be good stuff. We'll get into it next right here on Real Golf Radio. (laughs)
0: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. School on! Save on!
5: Back to school is on, and Staples has great prices on everything you need for your best year yet. Save on notebooks. Save on headphones and laptops. Save on pens, markers, and all the essentials. And right now at Staples, save up to 60% on select notebooks, markers, and more school on save on at staples where school savings are always in session and 729 prices may vary in store and online
2: progressive presents an ad from mom
5: when you bundle your home and auto insurance with progressive bundle that's a cute word what read it again okay when you bundle your home and auto insurance with progressive you get round the clock protection oh That's darn good, because once my sister Dottie, my older sister Dottie, her basement flooded.
2: Get round-the-clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
0: Are you looking to sell your house? Call 1-800-SELL-FAST to request a free all-cash offer. We can buy your house in days, and you don't even have to clean or fix anything. There are no commissions or closing costs. No agents, no open houses, and no banks to deal with. Call 1-800-SELL-FAST or visit sellfast.com to request your cash offer. There's no obligation. Call one 800 sell That's 1-800-735-5327. Or visit SellFast.com to get your free cash offer. SellFast is a home buyer referral service, each office independently owned and operated.
5: Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-345-2789. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-345-2789. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 345 345-2789. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-345-2789. 800-345-2789.
2: To Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
3: Alright, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. It's brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the all-new Paradigm family of drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons. And if you're not playing Paradigm, what are you even doing? If you have to if you hit it, first of all, you're going to buy it. Okay. So just know that going into it. The Paradigm Driver is I'm unequivocally the best driver I have ever hit. Yeah. Bob, awesome. I had a friend of mine that was so excited that he on the range, I might've told this story. He pulled the head cover off and said, look at this BT. And he unveiled his pair his new paradigm driver. He's so excited about it. And I'm telling you, it is unbelievably long and straight. And you take a lot of confidence in that club definitely check it out.
4: You know what I'm really excited about? Okay. Okay. So I got my irons. I got my hybrid. I got a couple fairway woods. I've got my driver. And I got all my Fujikura shafts, and they are being put together right now, mm. up wow. at Impact Golf in Draper, Utah, with our buddy Derek Fox.
3: So it, the magic's happening right now. The combinations oh, coming together.
4: You know what's really cool is we were at the Masters earlier in the year, and Mitch Fojas, former U.S. Open or U.S. Amateur champion, what ninety three? Yep. Yep, ninety three. He says to me, he "Goes Hey, 91 you tried out Those. Ninety-one. Have you tried out those Paradigm irons yet? And I said no. And he goes, "Man, those things are rocket ships." I'm hitting them a full club longer. And I said, "I'm in." <laughs> hey, you just turned sixty-three. You need it, buddy.
3: You yep, need everything right. you can get. Every ounce, take it. That's yep. what it's for. All right, I love it. Nice job. Well, I can't wait to go so, play. Let's go. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit. Uh, I'll hit seven iron, and I'll you'll hit eight next iron. week. Yeah, I'll hit seven. You'll hit eight. So that, that's the way it'll work going forward. You're just
4: going to be longer than me now. Thanks to Paradigm. Uh, Check it out. I was hitting seven and you were hitting eight.
3: (laughs) CallawayGolf.com. All right. Before we get into British Open, Open Championship, whatever you want to call it, I don't want to get into that. Uh, I'm good with either name. Um, Well, let's talk about golf last week. Okay. I got to start with the John Deere. And this is no disrespect because I want to give this adequate time to talk U.S. Women's Open. Right. But the John Deere, I watched a little bit of this as it was finishing up because Sepp Straka was on like 57 watch there for a while. Like the guy was absolutely <laughs> shredding that golf course. And so I got I to watch, I got to watch this. And by the way, at the women's open, Charlie hole was making a push and I did miss a little bit of that. And I was bummed that I missed a little bit of her run. Cause that to me was the most exciting part of that outside of Allison getting her win. But, um, but Straka goes out there. Okay. I flip it over. He he's, he, I think he missed birdie. I think he missed birdie. Yeah. At 17. And they're like, well, he still has a shot at 59 on 18. So he goes out right. there and freaking hits it in the water. I'm yep. like, the guy hasn't made a mistake all day. Not day one long. blemish, Bob. And here he is trying to win a golf tournament and stuck with this 59. I'm going to ask you this. We'll ask the caddy, and Rex Auger is going to join us, too. Is that, could that be the worst thing that could happen to you in the final round of a tournament that you're trying to win is all of a sudden you're on like 57 watch and then it's 58 and now it's
4: 59. I mean, he's lucky he ended (laughs) up winning that thing. Well, you know, the interesting thing about him was that he looked so calm and cool collected the whole round until that shot, (laughs) until that shot, he was just chatting and, uh, you know, everybody was all excited to see him, and the crowd kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as he kept getting further and further down. I mean, it was crazy. He was playing with Cameron Young. Cameron Young was three or four under par on the front nine, and he got lapped. 28 <laughs> Sepstraka shot on the front nine. Seven under par. It was crazy. Yeah. And then he goes out, and he makes par on 10, and birdie on 11 and 12, you know, and 13, and he gets he gets really, really deep under par, and just couldn't bring it home the whole way to get to 59, but 62 isn't too bad. And a win, another, his second win on the PGA tour.
3: Caddy dropped to us afterwards in a text, would you rather shoot 59 and lose by a shot or shoot 62 and win by a shot? And of course we didn't hesitate. You take the dub all day long. And then he goes, what about 57? I'm like, (laughs) like, don't tempt me. Uh, but (laughs) you know, do you want to go down in infamy, shoot a final round 58, 57, 59 and not win. You don't want that. Do you? Yeah. So, um, But I just think it's interesting when afterwards, I think it was Amanda that was interviewing him, that 62 was his career low round. Yes. So it just goes to show on every level, Bob, that it is hard to do personal, shoot personal bests. It's hard to break numbers like 60. It's hard to, I mean, now take your 60. If you're listening, 60 is never going to be even in play for you. Maybe on nine holes. So, But what about breaking 70? What about breaking 80 or 90? Right? Yeah. Those, that means something all the way to the highest level. And you saw that, I mean, with one, he had to hit it in the middle of the green. Worst case, he shoots 60. He could have bettered his best score by three shots and he ends up beating it by a shot, is all because he pulled it in the water. And by the way, He was obviously on cruise control because he didn't miss it by that far. He went right at that tucked flag and had no room for error. But I guess when you're on when you're cruising the way you are and you're full of confidence, you just put just keep the pedal down, right? And
4: yeah, and when you're hitting it, when you're hitting it, look where you're looking, and it's it's almost like you have no thoughts whatsoever of this not going any place else than where you're looking for him to hit that shot was uncharacteristic and it could have been a little bit of a shock to his system. Probably was probably. <laughs> was. So here's, here's you just, I think
3: it's great that you said that where you're looking. So I, I have been playing some good golf this year. I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to turn this into reality. The reality is, is make a couple of good, you, you know, make birdie a couple of holes in a row. And all of a sudden I start feeling that like I'm, I can yeah. look anywhere And then I get myself in a spot where I know I shouldn't be hitting it that. And I can't get my eyes off the darn flag. I'm like, look in the (laughs) middle of the green, middle of the green, middle of the green. And my eyes keep wandering back over to the flag. And then I end up setting up for middle of the green and swinging at the flag and missing it, hooking it left. Right. So it is, it is kind of a funny thing. All I'm trying to say is golf's hard. All right. So now you go to Brendan Todd's in the final group. Well, he looked like he was going to go out and win on Sunday. And then Seb Straka goes, passing him, you know, before he even knew what happened, his head was spinning and he was was trailing. Well, all of a sudden, the double bogey happens. Brendan Todd's back in it. Misses a short birdie putt on 15. Three putts, 16. Can't hit it close on 17. And, and, And then next thing you know, it's over. I mean... You're thinking, here's a guy that's also been just completely dialed in. He's been putting beautifully, and yes. all of a sudden he three putts? He misses yep. a shorty
4: and then three putts? I mean, th- again— And me- he's one of the best putters on tour, so everything should have been setting up perfect for him, especially on the 15th hole when he missed that six-footer. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, but the thing was is everybody's looking at the scoreboard. They're seeing what Sep Straka's doing, and they're going, what in the heck is going on?
3: Kind of takes the wind out a little like- bit.
4: It's almost like relegation then. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
4: So well, you have to change your mindset. <laughs> and sometimes that's hard to do when you've already relegated yourself to maybe, you know, what I'm going to do is finish second.
3: Right. But if you keep, if you can try to put all of that, how do you block it all out, Bob? And I guess that's why there's coaches like Bob are and a million books out there yep. and psychologists get paid. But how do you, in that situation, you're Brendan Todd and you just say, look, There's nothing I can do about Sep Straka on this heater. All I can do is go out and play. I'm playing freaking great golf. Just keep playing. Now, if he kept his head down and he rolls that birdie putt on on 15, knocks it close, misses, let's say he misses the birdie on 16, but he taps it in, doesn't run it by so far. He gunned it. And he runs it, taps in for par. Now he's got a chance for birdie on 18 to tie him. Yeah, And it's just like... Or he goes into eighteen tie. Uh, anyway, my point is, it's just so hard not to get sideways. Okay, let's shift down to the next level. Uh, our, our our buddy Troy Merritt. So man, Troy has missed sixteen cuts yeah. this year. Six that blows me
4: away that he's missed that many.
3: He's only made eight cuts, and and half of those he was top twenty five, top twenty five, right. And he's had one top ten. He's had missed sixteen straight cuts, and he's made nearly seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Seven forty eight six six nine. Right. The guy, he he openly went out on Twitter and started talking about how he's been battling the yips. Yips. He admitted it. He said, I didn't think it was a real thing. And he said it didn't affect him in practice rounds, didn't affect him when he was playing at home. But once he got into competition, he says you can't replicate it, and he struggled with it. Well, he started seeing the ball go in, and he's had a couple of good finishes lately, and he ends up getting into the Scottish Open field. Haven't had a chance to talk to him, but kind of interesting that he finds out late on Tuesday – Flies across the pond, skipping Barbasol where he's a past champ. Probably got one practice round in, maybe. A little off on the time difference. And he went out and shot one over in the first round. But what do you what do you think? Uh right decision? I guess you gotta bet on if I go over to Scottish and, and make the cut, I'm gonna probably make more money top 30 than I am top fifteen at Barbasol, huh?
4: Yeah, and the other the other thing is, you know, you go over and you're starting to feel like you're playing better. You're starting to feel like you're putting better. Um, those yips maybe might be going away, and if he plays well, then he gets in the British Open too. Yeah, that's, so you got to yeah. you got to take those opportunities when they come to you um, to be able to to go play. And he loves playing over there. He loves playing in in the Open Championship. And um, you got to give yourself a chance. Got to give yourself an opportunity to play in a major.
3: The last thing that came out of last week, at least that I, there's a lot of things. Obviously, Peter Quest, man, good yeah. for him. What what a cool story. This is a guy that lost his dad coming out of college. And he he also has a disease that he's battling, uh, like alopecia or something like that. It's not, I don't think it's life-threatening, but it's been a challenge to him. And yep. he's out there, finally kind of broke the mental hurdle. Yeah. And here he is in a spot where he's earned temporary membership on the PGA Tour. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Good for Pete Quest, man. Former B.O.U. player, really really good player and he, and he's finally it's it's a razor's edge. All of a sudden something clicks, boom. Yep. There he goes. Something quick for for Troy. Boom. There he goes. It's it's kind of cool to see. Uh, hopefully um you enjoyed that conversation. Think about that when you're out playing that, you know, you just never know what the other guy's going to do and you just never know when you are going to finally breakthrough and and kind of it's going to click for you so keep playing it's fun game it's hard it's fun stay tuned rex hogger joins us next i am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged if you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008 pay close attention to this message
1: That's 800-817-2968
0: If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
2: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
0: One day you'll get it.
2: Here's Brian and
3: Bob. right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here and really excited to have our next guest joining us from across the pond at the Scottish Open. You see him on Golf Channel and read him on GolfChannel.com. Good friend of ours. You hear him occasionally on Real Golf Radio as well. Rex Hoggard is joining us right now from Scotland. Rex, how are you?
6: Always time zone issues. So I'm just gonna say good day, boys.
3: I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never. You never know. But uh, by the way, when when you think about golf and you travel the world to cover golf, where do you rank your Scottish experience in general? Just golf in Scotland
6: on your list? I mean one. I, I can't go any higher than that. I mean, <laughs> if I could go higher than that, I would. 1A, one A. One One I mean, whatever it takes. And it, look, I mean, I've got to go to some really really cool places and. I mean, Rio for the Olympics and Tokyo for the Olympics, of course, uh, Argentina and whatever else I've been to. And I've been very fortunate on that front. But no, as far as covering an event, and uh, obviously next week's Open Championship would be probably more so than the Scottish Open this week, but it just doesn't get any better than this. I mean, I think we, we were just talking about, if you look at this stretch of coastline between, say, Gullen and all the way over to North Berwick, I mean, you can kind of throw a golf ball and hit a good golf course. And you you throw a golf ball and hit a good pub, and find somewhere to eat and people are friendly and it's just a different experience. And I just enjoy it. I look forward to this more than anything in the
4: course of the year. Yeah. Brian and I had an opportunity in 2005 to go to the the British open or the open championship at, uh, at St. Andrews and, and had an opportunity to play some courses around there. It's just amazing in Scotland, the type of golf and the different type of golf that you play there, especially with the links type of courses.
6: Links golf is so different, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons why I'm drawn to it because it's, you know, in, in the United States, we play the ball in the air more or less and here. Uh, we played nine holes on Gullin last night, and I was playing with Brad rad faction staying in the same house as me, and I was amazed. He never hit his driver more than 10 feet off the ground to the point that I had to finally ask him, are you, are you intentionally doing that or is there something wrong with your swing? And no, that's the way I want to play this. And it's just kind of a really, really cool, different way to play golf. I, I always kind of go big picture, and I kind of saw it. This morning, again, I'm staying in a little town called Gullen. And sort of in the middle of the town is this little kind of just field. And on that field, there's probably six greens, and it's maintained by the people in the city, and it's just a kid's course. It's a wee course. And it's only for the kids. The only way an adult's allowed on that course is if you're accompanied by a kid. And obviously, there's no green fees, and the town maintains it. And I've always contended that everything that was good about golf was made here in Scotland. Like They invented the game, but everything that's good about golf Maintains itself here in Scotland. It's it's friendly. It's accommodating. Environmentally kind. Like everything you could find is perfect here.
3: I love that. Rex Hogger joining us from the Scottish Open. And all right, so I would. It's too bad actually to transition to this because that was really good <laughs> stuff. I kind of like just the love of the game <laughs> message there. To be honest with you, um, but but I, I do want to get your take because you've been all over this um, you know whole live thing since the beginning. So. Can you kind of for, for I, we end up talking with with friends or people run into us and and inevitably they want to ask about this whole live PGA tour thing and and now where it's at? Could you just if you could summarize it? How how would you say that or where would you put it at right now? This whole thing.
6: Oh, that's a really really good question. Uh, let's take a football field and you want like, is it on my twenty? Is it on your twenty? Is it at the fifty yard line? Uh, I couldn't even begin to say. And I mean, I guess that's kind of where we're at in the story. And and look, some stuff transpired this week. I would imagine there's going to be things that transpire next week. I, I guess if I was just going to boil it down is we've gotten to the point where the two sides, the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia and the PGA Tour essentially have to come up with a definitive agreement. And knowing now what we didn't know two weeks ago, and I can't imagine what we're going to know two weeks from now that's a long way. I mean, we when you see the differences between the two sides and what they hope to accomplish, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of compromise. And so I would say if I had to pick somewhere, we're still well in our territory. Probably not on the 20. We're not at the starting line, but it, we're, we're not anywhere near midfield, I would say, right now.
3: Interesting. So this, this idea that the Commission comes on with uh, Yasser and they have this little uh, talk about how this is going to be great, they set that up, but now it's trying to figure it all out is, is a lot further apart than maybe what it seemed like.
6: Well, I mean, I guess an important thing here to keep in mind is what they announced last month, and you're talking about the Commissioner of the Tour and the Governor of the Public Investment Fund, is just a framework agreement. It's an agreement to let's start talking about a real agreement, what they're, what they're calling a definitive agreement. And I think once you get your mind around that and you start moving forward and you start looking at the bullet items, of what they need to try to accomplish. And just look at the basics of the agreement. What they needed to accomplish was in the litigation, which that was probably the easiest of everything to do. They ended that with prejudice, so there is no going back to sort of that legal wrangling back and forth. But they also have to find a way to compensate the players who stayed little to the PGA Tour. That's not an easy conversation. It's not going to be inexpensive either. I think We can all figure out who gets paid off in that deal. They need to figure out a way to get the players who join live back into this ecosystem, back onto the PGA tour, back onto the DP world tour. Again, not easy, very, very complicated. And then at the end of that rainbow, you need to figure out how to get all of these different entities. You're talking about the PGA tour, DP world tour, and essentially lift off under one umbrella, under one roof, and get it to work together and be profitable, profitable and new and sort of adhere to everything, all of these competing interests. And so once you sort of look at it from the macro, you get an idea how difficult the micro is going to be, because these are so many tiny little details that are going to be difficult to sort of suss out. I guess eye-opening to me this week, and look, it was a headline, and Rory being Rory, I'm sure he spoke from the heart, but Rory was kind of asked about something that happened this week, when the Senate hearing on Tuesday and some documents that had been released, and it was kind of a backhanded, sort of just offhand question. He was trying to elicit just sort of a funny response, and Rory's response was he sort of paused, put his head in his hands, And his response was, "If my only option to play golf was to play on the Live Tour, I would retire." Now that's telling for a lot of different reasons. One, Rory's voice is going to go a long way in golf. But beyond that, he's one of five player directors on the policy board. He'll have a vote
4: on whatever this final product is going to be. And if he's still that entrenched, I think that paints a picture of how difficult this is going to be. Yeah, and you know, and then you've got the other players like Scheffler and Spieth, and a lot of those other guys that have that have really kind of uh lost I guess trust in the commissioner and that kind of thing so that I mean there's there's so much to unpack here and make things right and make the players feel better and right and um a lot of the players don't know still to this day don't know what's going on and that kind of thing so it's uh it's the muddies are the waters are very mucky right now
6: they really are and look for you address that as well I mean I think Dander and Jordan. Certainly, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, I mean, they, again, were also speaking from the heart. And they did not like the way this was rolled out, the secrecy, the things that went into it that the players were not involved in. And now they get involved in the process, and it gets so complicated. It gets so convoluted. Now you have essentially 100, let's look at it this way, there are 156 potential competing interests. And to sit down and to try to come up with some sort of definitive agreement, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It could very well happen. I truly believe the odds are in favor of it happening. But I don't think it's a done deal by any stretch.
3: Just where you sit, uh, not being a player, but just as a golf observer and covering the sport, do you see this as potentially a better situation for professional golf from a fan's perspective, from a viewing perspective, and I guess ultimately from the player's perspective?
6: Let me tell you how cool Scottish golf is. Last night we walked out after dinner <laughs> like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Let's I, go back I to that. So. Yeah, I, I do think from a fan perspective, whatever comes from this will be better. And I hope, I think we should all hope. Uh, and this isn't me being a homer or, or having a dog in a fight one way or the other. I just want to cover the story as fairly as possible. But the end product should be something that you do not have that animosity. I don't mind competition. I don't think anybody month competition. But what we had over the last year went beyond competition mm-hmm. where they're sniping at each other in public and they're saying nasty things going back and forth on both sides. And there's this wicked lawsuit going on that could absolutely disrupt the game. That I don't think that's good for anyone. So going forward in theory, if this definitive agreement comes to pass and we come up with something under, like I said, that one roof, then yeah, I think it'd be very cool for fans. I mean, imagine a scenario where uh, I'm just throwing this out there. Live golf continues as it is, but then the tour creates three or four or five of their own teams, And let's say a couple times a year, they go and play against the live golf guys. Now all of a sudden you do have a product that people would probably find at least vaguely interesting at the beginning. And so yes, good for the fans, definitely good for the players. I mean, cause the money that's going to be coming into the game is unmistakably good for them. Cause it's going to go more or less into their pockets. Not good for the PGA tour. And there's no way around that. It's, it's a difficult situation. They were placed in an impossible situation. And I think Jimmy Dunn, who's on the PGA 12 policy board, he was the architect behind this agreement. He said in the Tuesday hearing before the senators that in five years, the PGA 12 would not have been able to survive. They couldn't afford to continue this battle. And if Livkoff continued to poach the top players two or three a year in five years, his line was, we would be gutted. Mm,
4: wow. Wow.
6: So, and yeah, I, head back to that
3: Scottish golf. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to that
6: Scottish <laughs> golf. <laughs> so, uh, you know, are I, are played, you... Uh, I played Musselburgh this morning, and it was one of the original sites, and it's only nine holes. And, and I'll say this I just tweeted it. And so, just to be fair, it's nine holes. Uh, and if you're coming to this part of Scotland, you're probably not looking at doing just a nine hole course and something like that. I would highly suggest just stopping there for no other reason, just for the historical significance. Uh, six Open Championships were played there, all the history, the people who won there. It's just you have one of those stories almost in every town along this coast.
4: I love that. That's so cool. So are you excited for the Open Championship playing at Royal Liverpool, the last two uh, that have won there? Of course, Rory in 2014 and Tiger in 2006. Um, that's a pretty good company, along with uh, Bobby Jones. Are you excited about Royal Liverpool next week? I am, and it's
6: it's something that Scotty Scheffler said the, the, the week of the Scottish Open that really fascinated me because he's never played there. And he goes, "But I've watched highlights from both the last two—the one the Tiger won in 06 and Rory in '14." And he goes, "And what struck him is it—you're probably never going to play an open venue that was as brown and bouncy and fast as Liverpool was in 06 when Tiger won, and it was a clinic that he put on. And if you look at what happened in '14, it was much greener, it was softer, it was." kind of what we ended up with last year at the Open Championship. You had these extremes, and I think that's the beauty of links golf, that you kind of get what Mother Nature hands you, and I think that dictates so many things about not only who wins, but how you play the golf course. So, Rex, I mean, you know, Rory
3: obviously is the last to win there. He's been trying to get another major championship since that very year in 2014. He also clipped the PGA that year. But when you look at it, since 2000, there have been three players who have multiple Claret jugs, Tiger Woods, Ernie Els, and Padraig Harrington. And I don't know if it's just that it's the, the, the rotation or the quirkiness of the golf or the changing in the weather, but you start looking at that and you go, well, obviously Rory is in maybe not Tiger's company, who is, uh, but or, uh, certainly Els and Harrington, he's in that conversation, so you wouldn't put it past him. But it also made me think, okay, maybe it's not going to be a repeat British Open champ this year?
6: I mean, I think the odds would say that it's not going to be. That's a really good stat. You just threw out. I think there's a lot that goes into links golf that you don't have at the other majors. I mean, you really don't worry about the weather split at the Masters. There's, everyone doesn't tee off in the same window, but you don't get those dramatic weather swings at Augusta National like you do in the United Kingdom. So you can tee off at 730 in the morning and have absolutely perfect conditions. And then by the time the guy tees off at 430 and that's tee time spread, which is, just wrap your mind around that one. But by the time the guy tees off at four thirty, it could be as, as nasty and ugly and gale force winds as you can imagine. So, I mean, we saw that. We've seen that in the past with Tiger Woods. He's ended up on the wrong side of, of the weather draw and it's absolutely dictated how he's going to do it. That factors into it. The golf course kind of leads itself to fate probably a little bit more than the other majors where you can get a bad bounce, get a good shot, get a bad bounce and it's probably going to cost you more so than at any of the other three major championships. So, yeah, I would say it's more likely that we don't get a repeat winner. That
3: said, do you have somebody in mind that you're probably throwing out on the pod with Ryan?
6: Oh, I think – I haven't even thought about that. Don't bring him up. I thought we were having a good conversation. Um, (laughs) I I would say – I I think Rory – like, I'm not – there's probably going to be a lot of people who are showered on Rory for the reasons you just pointed out. That It's been a decade now, and they don't get easier to win after that. But I just think, you look at the way he's playing – uh, of course, he knows how to play that golf course. He knows how to play at Lynx golf. But there's others, like watching Ricky Fowler at the Scottish Open. Mm. I've always thought the Open Championship would be the best option for him to win a major because it brings out his creative side. And I've seen him, when he's at his best, playing links golf, he realized that, yeah, this would be the one, like more so than any of the others. Like he this, this does it to him. This, this inspires something inside him. So I'm not going to be surprised if we end up with one of those types of stories at all.
3: Interesting, that would be a huge story indeed Well Rex, I know you got TV to do We appreciate you taking some time Always fun to chat and and enjoy your time over there In the motherland, it sounds awesome it's awesome, thanks boys You got it, Rex Auger joining us here from the Scottish Open Appreciate his time and insights As always, short break, more of the show next
0: Everyone expects distance from their driver We're shifting the paradigm To deliver far more than that we constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance.
3: We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play, and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. Um. This is not about splitting
0: hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best better for everyone. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom.
2: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor.
0: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade. But it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more, like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more, like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology, like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw, from Callaway.
2: back to real golf radio with brian taylor and bob casper
3: all right welcome back it's real golf radio brian taylor bob casper thanks again for joining us here appreciate rex hogger checking in from scotland you know i I love chatting with rex bob because he's informative but he's also entertaining he's really witty and uh does a great job so we appreciate him taking the long distance phone call over there and and uh visiting with us but you know what he he just kind of I got to talk about the the Golan Knights, right? I mean, that's what yeah. that's what he should entitle his his post from going forward. Golan Knights. Uh, I mean, he's playing <laughs> with he's playing with Brad Faxon. You know, he's out there playing a little nine hole course that once hosted an Open Championship. I mean, that's that's the stuff, right? That's the that's yeah. why people make the voyage across the pond to play over there in Scotland. It's super cool, and you know, you and I had a pretty surreal experience. I, I love that year we went over. Your dad was there which is, you know, was was a treat for sure to be play able to... play Carnoustie
4: with my dad. Yeah, yeah. Play,
3: playing Carnoustie with him, the first time he'd been back since 1968 on that golf course when he was in contention. Yep. And then, you know, getting around some of the other golf courses, you know, Crail. Crail is not one that I even knew about before I went over there, and how cool was Correct. that? Balcomy links at Crail, of course. Yep. You know, Kings Barnes and the old course. We had a, we were privileged to play the day after the open. There's a you know to St. be able to Andrews
4: Hotel course, yeah.
3: Just awesome to be able to to be around and play those golf courses, but uh, it's just the experience. The whole thing was super cool, and uh, you know, we stayed at your brother's house. We drove those little windy roads every day. That was fun. That was a good trip. Scotland's a cool <laughs> place, man.
4: Yeah, well, and it all gets down to the love of the game. You know, we we understand that golf is a great sport and um, it's a great game. We all love to play it. Um, We play it over here, as Rex said, with the ball in the air and play what they uh, what they call uh, Parkland golf um, over there. But to go back there and play the game of golf that we love in a totally different way link style keeping the ball on the ground watching it bounce um not hitting it up in the air especially if it's windy um and all those things that go with it you know the pot bunkers the caddies everything it's just it's just a a totally surreal kind of love of the game Yeah, and you know for him talking about that little town that has those six golf holes right in the middle of the town that's maintained (laughs) by the town that kids get to play and they don't get charged. And the only way an adult can be on there is if they have a kid with them and, that's that's what's really cool about the game of golf over in Scotland.
3: That is awesome. And again, the old course, the revered old course at St. Andrews is mm-hmm. a, on Sunday. It's closed to golf. It's a park. People yep. walk their dogs out there. They sit down in the middle of the 18th fairway, set up a picnic. I mean, that's just something that you're not used to seeing, right? At any other, yeah. you wouldn't go to any other cherished, venue with the history of the old course at St. Andrews and set up a family picnic in the middle of the fairway. Right. I mean, it's it's remarkable.
4: And we we saw that that was what was cool is we saw that as we were walking from the 18th hole back to um, the tented village and, and that kind of thing where we kind of staged everything in 2005 As we're walking back. People are walking out in the middle of the fairway and putting out blankets and stuff and having their picnic. It was right during the middle of the tournament. It was pretty cool. It was a bonny day. Why not? Yep. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Hey, another thing that kind of
3: stood out to me, uh, Rory's over there at the Scottish open and he did a little persimmon driver. Did you see this? Did a little persimmon driver test? I did. So we were chatting about this with the caddy last night. Uh, you and I were visiting on over our text thread. So here's Rory with his normal tailor-made driver, and he hits it with a ball speed of 181 miles per hour and just a little over 2,100 uh, RPM in spin. He's hitting yep. at 330.2 yards, okay? Yep, yep. The Persimmon, he's got 169 miles per hour of ball speed. Now, I, I can't see. It looks like that's a steel shaft. I'm going to go with a steel shaft on that. That's going to be my guess. Forty four hundred RPM, right? So right. you're more than spinning double the spin rate. And yep. his ball speed is down from one hundred eighty one to one hundred sixty nine, still tremendous ball speed, but his his total distance two eighty five point seven yep. down from three thirty point two. Yep.
4: So you're talking forty five yards of difference. Yeah. And and think about a spinnier a spinnier launch conditions with the golf ball as well. And because of that, um, you know, the, the newer heads have more forgiveness in them and, you know, less gear effect from toe to heel. Um, all those types of things that we all used to play with growing up. I mean, I, I just turned 63 yesterday and that was what I played growing up. And then things started to morph into the metal woods with Taylor made and uh, and it just started getting better and better and bigger heads and more forgiveness and everything. It's amazing what golf has come to.
3: Well, you got Great Big Bertha, and what, you know, think about the yep. revolution the Great Big Bertha was back in the day, right? So I've got my old persimmon driver that I played in high school. It's sitting right here next to me in the, in my little studio, <laughs> and I took it out to the range and I hit it the other day. I'll be honest with you, I hit it pretty good. the The, the modern ball doesn't spin as much, but right. I think I swing it a little bit better, so it still launched fine. And I was probably hitting it out there, again, different different conditions than what Rory was hitting it, but I was probably hitting it around 265, 275, something like that, you know,
4: pretty straight. And it's a small, lot smaller head, isn't Boy, it? Boy, it's teeny.
3: But, you know, look, <laughs> we used to have this conversation, and, and growing up, Bob, if you know, the little metal wood that I first metal what I had was called an Axiom by Palmer. Mm-hmm. And this thing was about the size of a 7-iron today, right? And that was what you had to hit. That was the driver. And so you had very little um, variance for, for hitting, hitting the club face and hitting it right. square, right? And so I, I always thought I was appreciative that I grew up in that era because I had to be a little more precise, and I think that's helped my game over the years. Today, I got 460 cc's across that face, And anywhere on that face, toe, heel, doesn't matter, is going to launch the ball better than hitting it on the screws with my persimmon back in the day. And so, and it's going to be more forgiving. So it it has come a long ways. Now, let me say this. I am not laying this out there as we look at the USGA and their study and ball rollback and all that. I'm not laying this out here to suggest we should go backwards because there's a lot of things about the old world if you will, over in Scotland, the motherland and all the things we just talked about playing the ball on the ground and those kind of golf courses. That's charming. I'm not sure going back to persimmon is necessarily charming. There is some charm. Right. That's my point. Like (laughs) the game, the game was, was you think about the amount of people that play the game today versus what they did when you and I were growing up Mm -hmm. and, and how about when you were growing up versus even when I was growing up, right? I mean, that's just a 14 year difference, but it became more and more popular and part of the barrier of entry into golf is the difficulty so I'm, I'm just not sure that trying to make the game harder and it feels like in the threads that I was reading around Rory's persimmon um, you know post was about how do we make the game harder let's narrow the fairways let's grow the rough let's spin the roll the ball back let's you know minimize the the, the trampoline effect the gear effect all this kind of stuff and I think Golf's in a good place right now. It's it's popular as ever. It's fun because the equipment has enabled it to be fun. Can we have constraints at the highest level? Maybe, but that's going to be, that's going to change the way, you know, things are gone. And I know how the caddy feels about that bifurcation.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know that the idea that, uh, that you would roll it back or you take some of the fun out of it, especially with the public and that kind of thing. That's what, that's what, I, I guess alienates people, but we're talking about at the highest levels what the USGA is possibly going to do with the golf ball and that kind of thing. When it's at the high, highest levels, you know these guys are so good that at some point you gotta you gotta try to figure out how to possibly rein them back a little bit and uh and and keep things in check with the game going forward or into the future,
3: no, oh, we'll see that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be big as Rex talked about how the pga tour and the d p world tour and the piF how it's all going to come together, what's the future live? How does this all work? you know that 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 part of it Senate hearings going on this week, and you know the whole idea of a monopoly, and can it happen and i i the, my basic takeaway from that is that if it doesn't harm the public or it doesn't harm the access for the fans that yes. and and it benefits the players and the fans in in general then it's going to be fine. It's that if it goes the other way if we start to see the best players less and less uh, and it becomes more difficult to be in that company of great players for the the tour pro, the average tour pro, then I think maybe there's going to be an issue. So, uh we'll talk about that coming up on the back 9. Uh, We'll continue to talk more about uh, U.S. Women's Open. Again, congratulations, Allison Corpus with the win at Pebble Beach. We're going to get into that. Um, More about this player reaction and uh, continuing looking forward to the Open Championship, including our picks. Pretty interesting their idea with Ricky or maybe Rory winning next week, according to Rex Hoggard. Stay tuned. It's all coming up on the back nine after this.
1: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM, plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160, 800-390-5160, 800-390-5160.
7: minerals and three vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now.
1: 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217.
2: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
0: One day you'll get it.
3: Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Stay tuned. The Back Nine Hour number two is coming up next. America's favorite caddy. Uh, as we look forward to next week's Open Championship. Bob, one of the things that you heard a lot of Rex Hogger talking about was player reaction. You brought it up with him. That's, mm. that's to me one of the biggest challenges to try to make this thing work is sort of bringing that divide, you know, minimizing that divide and any of the hurt feelings and and those kind of things between these players, a lot of emotion that was built up over the last two years.
4: Well, and you know what the other thing is, let's say this thing doesn't go through where are we at with the game and where are we at with PGA tour and um, professional golf um, if it doesn't go through and uh, how can we, how can we heal from this or how do we move on? Uh, especially with the PIF and Live Golf still in the mix and the fracturing of the professional game.
3: Yeah, it's some of the things coming to light that the PGA Tour couldn't survive five years in this litigation, that the elevated events aren't really sustainable, something that I questioned from the beginning. And so now it's like, well, what does the future look like if this doesn't go through, what does the future look like if it does go through? And it's pretty amazing that it's gotten to this point. Hmm. Stay tuned. The back nine of Golf Radio is next. Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Tune in every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time for the video game review. We'll review games. We'll give away a brand new game. We'll talk cheat codes, new releases, and your calls as well. That's right here every Sunday night on the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.